welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Proverbs Challenge. What's up? You guys, it's Proverbs 16. That means we're on the downhill. Like last time Clark was like, oh, we're almost halfway. Oh, at 52.3%, honey. Here's the thing. I'm the kind of person that that's helpful for. If I have a goal and I'm, whether it's working out or working out. Sorry, I just laughed at myself because I feel like that's definitely need. I need help there. But Bible reading, um, reading in general, whatever it is, that it's helpful to like, hey, look at, thank you, Lord, for how you met us here. Just like he's going to do in Proverbs 16. So here we go. One of the first things that stands out to me is verse two. It says, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but Mm. the motives are weighed by the Lord. And I think in our cultural moment, oftentimes we use our own ideas and our our own truth, like my truth, speak your truth. Sure. It's all relative. Um, And even the Mm. good things we want to do, if we're not being honest with ourselves, are tainted by our motivations, like I want to look good or I want to feel better about myself or I want to, you fill in the blank, but here it's saying the Lord knows the motives and we cannot justify our lives by our standards. That's why we have God in his word. Um, One of the other scriptures that Mm. comes to my mind and has continued to bubble up, I feel like in my reading and my study lately is Paul's letter to Timothy, second Timothy four, three, he says, people are going to abandon godly biblical teaching and go find other people that will suit what their itching ears want to hear. Yeah, that's right. And honestly, mm-hmm. you can do that nowadays. You can you can pluck one oh, verse anywhere. out, yeah. adapt it to whatever it is you want to justify. And here, the scripture is reminding us that God alone is the one that can weigh our motives. He's the one who is uh, tried and true. He's the one that sets the standard, mm-hmm. and it's by him and his word. And so that's another reminder why we got to be in the word. Why we got to mm-hmm. be in the word with community. Because even sometimes if I was all by myself, my interpretation of the word yeah. might be, you know, a little biased with my prejudices and my baggage and the things that I'm thinking about and that bring me um, pleasure in that moment. Not necessarily what God has set forth as truth and as the best way of living, not only for myself, but as the, I interact with the world around me. Hmm. So, well, and that's, uh, that's just sounds like the rest of the Bible too. That says like, search me and know me Lord, you know, cause, mm-hmm. cause you're the one, um, you're the one that you're saying like gets is, is worthy of these kind of decisions and, um, you know, true North and I, I and I messed up, but also Lord search me and know me so that I can, I can be in union with you so that, you know, it isn't just me all the time. I think there's a level of awareness as you, as you age, as you walk with the Lord, where you're like, Hey, you know what? I tend to look at things like this. So let me just like check yeah, my well, own bias. Yeah, like, like you can't teach an old dog new tricks <laughs> Yeah, spiritually. It's like, well, actually mm. we got to continually be, um, if you come from the reformed tradition, like reformed and reforming, like we're consistently right. becoming more like Jesus and we've never reached the ta-da, yeah. I've yep. arrived. I'm mm-hmm. perfect. Not there. It's good. That's a good word. Well, I mean, this whole first section is just really good. Verse three is really good too. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. And going back and forth, we kind of decided again. We've heard this was four, and so this sounds like uh, Colossians chapter three twenty three, and that sounds like this. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So whatever you do, 
whatever you're doing, whether you're playing, working, do it unto the Lord. Don't do it for yourself. Don't do it for other people. And that can be tricky sometimes, whether it's people pleasing or just kind of like task orientation, like, hey, I have to get this stuff done. Any of these things can be an offering up to the Lord. Anything, the mundane things in life, the big work projects, you know, um, we talk about our family mission statement and how that gives our family even just a heading uh, for how we honor God with yeah. um, with what we do inside of our home and with our kids. And so um, I love too what it says, and he will establish your plans. Because so often, and, I, and maybe you guys are not like this, but so often, you know, we'll be thinking about the details like, hey, we should do this, and then we're going to do this. And then when we do that, then this will work out. And it's like, no. We're just going to commit this to God and we're going to trust God and then we're going to be open-handed and as he Mm -hmm. leads, we'll be obedient. Yeah. And then if you keep going, verse four, it talks more about God's work, him starting this, him finishing it. It says, the Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked Mm -hmm. for a day of disaster. Why that gives Mm -hmm. me so much comfort is that there are no loose ends in God's plan. There's other passages that talk about how, you know, God began this good work in you. He's going to bring it about to completion. God is the one who is just. And so one day he will right all wrongs and everything will be drug into the light. And for those who are in Christ, you will forever eternally enjoy God. It's going to be fantastic. And for those who have brought um, disaster upon this world and have inflicted harm on people with an unrepentant heart, God's going to bring justice to them. And that should give our hearts hope especially in the day and age where it doesn't seem like there is necessarily justice in every situation. So Mm. God's not going to forget about things. God's going to complete them. God sees us. He knows us. He hears us. He's here. And he's in that process of redeeming and bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And Mm -hmm. and part of that's because of what Jesus did. So if you jump to verse six, it says, through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. And so on that first part, just to be clear, that's not talking about our self-atonement or any kind of salvation you and I can conjure up ourselves. It's talking about God. Through love of Jesus and the faithfulness of Jesus, sin was atoned for on the cross. And because of that now, we have this healthy, reverent awe and fear of the Lord because we know who God is. We know what God's capable of. He yeah. created. He's sustaining. He's defeated evil. He offers us new life. And with that, that should leave me at a place of like, well, I am going to avoid evil. I don't necessarily want this as much as I used to hmm. when I get tastes of God's beauty in a life lived with him. Mm-hmm. Verse 8 kind of speaks to that too, just avoiding evil, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. And so it's curious because we we look around sometimes and we might be comparing, you know, the grass is greener, what, what folks have or don't have, especially with social media. And we, we don't know what's going on. We don't know their inner life. We don't know what's go, what's, what has happened with them. But just to remember that when we're walking with righteousness, what we have um, is so much greater, actually, than the vastness of what someone else might have. Again, not, not judging, but just walking in your own lane. So like freedom from guilt and sin, a peaceful conscience, the love and the joy of God. We talk about peace that transcends understanding. Like these things that scriptures promise us that when we are under God's umbrella of grace, that they're just free gifts to us. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, what's funny is sometimes you watch like an action movie and someone's done something wrong and Clark and I, like even the paranoia 
that happens when you're watching a movie, an action movie of that person running or something. And I'm just like, we've said this before. I'm like, oh my God, this guy has to be so nervous. And sure enough, then like soon there's like boom, boom, boom on the door. And people, <laughs> anyway, and so the freedom, like a peaceful conscious, that the gift from the Lord when we walk um, in his grace and in his plan for righteousness is it's, it's a, a free gift for us. It's good. Yeah. You don't want to live life looking over your shoulder. That's mm. for sure. Um, next up, verse nine, it says in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And so it's not a bad thing to make a plan. Um, I'm trying to improve upon this area in my life. Yeah. Usually I just see like the top of the mountain and like, we're going there. What are, we oh, gonna, what are the details of this process? I don't know, but we're going to get to the top of the mountain. Let's well, go. Usually I, me and the kids are at the bottom still. <laughs> I'm like, wait, where's your dad? He's top at the of the top. mountain, baby. Let's go. So um, what it's saying is it's okay to make plans. Just make sure that you're consulting the Lord and keeping the Lord at the center of that process. And so even as you seek God and um, his counsel and his word, and feel free to ask other godly people who hold same values as you do, Hmm. because this is good. Keep the Lord at the center of it, and he's the one who establishes our steps. And so sometimes, honestly, as we grow in listening to the Spirit— and living a life guided by the Spirit, there'll be times we don't hear correctly and the door closes. And maybe it's a permanent no, and maybe it's just a not yet. But at least God knows our heart and that we're trying our best yeah. to include Him in our, our plans and our processes and in what we want our life to look like. We're keeping Him uh, front and center. We just trust that God will have His way in our life mm. and that His, His, His way is going to be good. Um Always. Yeah. yeah. If, and now the proverb transitions to a number of verses. And in your uh, Bible, it might say like the sayings of the king or king oh, sayings. Yeah. But it gets to like the heart of God here again and in his character. It's like verse 11. It mm-hmm. talks about how honest scales and balances belong to the Lord. All the weights in the bag are of his making. And what that is reinforcing is that you and I can trust in God's character. Trust that his judgments will be right and true. Mm. So as you go back to that previous verse and you're thinking about plans, let's say that you have um, prayed and planned and consulted the Lord and sought out godly wisdom and you feel Mm -hmm. in your heart that that you got to go this direction and it doesn't work out. And and your, your motivation here is to give God glory. Trust that God's plan is not thwarted. And if it's a no, it's no for a good reason. And that God's character is, is solid. It can be trusted. Yeah. And that he's got something good for the kingdom's sake, right? Right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that we still get to participate in that, even if it's different than than what I thought was good. Because there are so many times in my life, I thought I knew it was best. And Ooh, for then sure. whether a teacher or was a coach or a parent or a friend offered another solution that ended up being far better than anything I could have come up with myself. Right. Now that's a hard pill to swallow in the moment when you have like expectations and hopes and dreams that are up there and are high. Um, but again, that goes back to trusting God's character. He's mm. the one that can weigh the balances and he knows what is right and true and good. Yeah. Speaking of knowing what is right and true and good, the next kind of chunk of verses we'll talk about is 16 through 19. And that you want to just read those. I, I am, I am going to read You're that. such a good right reader. Now. I love hearing you read it's tricky to see sometimes how much better to get wisdom than gold to get insight rather than silver the highway of the upright avoids evil those who guard their ways preserve their lives pride goes before destruction a haunty spirit before a fall better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud what's going on there Mm. 
Well, I think what we could say is that um, we should make it our life's pursuit, our life's goal uh, is to seek the Lord. And when you seek the Lord, you're going to grow in wisdom. Yeah. Sometimes you might become wealthy on that journey. What this is saying is that wisdom and this relationship and intimacy with God is better than anything the world has to offer. Mm. It's better than gold. It's better than silver. It's better than 100,000 followers on social media. Um, what, what it says here, and this kind of points back to first Kings chapter three is that, Mm. um, sometimes when you have wisdom, you will, it will come with material prosperity. If you know how to navigate things in this world and there's wisdom and where to allocate your resources, it's not guaranteed. But one of the things that these Proverbs get at is that, that wisdom, um, without wealth is okay. Wealth without wisdom is a ticking time bomb. Right. It might look like it's a fun life over there on the other side of the river, like the grass is greener over there. Yeah. But wealth without wisdom is a ticking time bomb and it's not going to go well. But when you have wisdom and wealth together, that's where in the hands of God, that can become a powerful tool. So I I love bumping into people that, you know, we're friends with, we're family with, we're close to, that are entrepreneurs at heart and really have the kingdom of God and the glory of God front and center. Right. It's just fun to watch people take um, calculated risks and try to create things. Oh, yeah. So that other people can be blessed, that mm-hmm. money can be given away, so that people can have a job, right. these kind of things. And when you have that wisdom and the wealth together, oh, it's fun to watch. But that comes with the Lord being front and center. And what verse 18 kind of gets at here, though, is that when wealth comes into the equation, oftentimes our pride can grow. Yeah. And that's that's a very dangerous, slippery slope. It says pride goes before d- destruction. Once I start thinking, look what I did. Right. Look at my following. Look at my name. Look at what I accomplished. And totally. I leave God out of it. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Mm. And so God's opposed to the proud. Uh, James, it talks about how God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. First Peter talks about this. And so in this, we have to say, God, keep us from ungodly pride. And would you keep us humble? And when you look at our calendar year now, like God gave us the gift of, of the rainbow in the story of Noah, because it's a reminder that God would never drown the earth again with the flood. Mm -hmm. And the reason why the flood came is because humanity had become so perverted and um, against the ways of God. They were so proud. Like, I don't need you. We can do this. We're going to do whatever we want. And even when when Noah starts building this thing, he's mocked. And um, God's left out of the whole plan and process when it came to like how people were living their life. Hmm. So in America, we have dedicated the month of June to Pride Month for the LGBTQ community. What's so interesting about this is 1978, a man named Gilbert Barker created the pride flag and he uses the rainbow. He had taken God's symbol, just like the people of Noah's day, and has proudly now stood against the heart of God. And so you think of the irony, it's called Pride Month. There's the rainbow. Mm. It's like, I can't help but think of Noah. And when people were proud and stood against God, what happened? It didn't end well. So my prayer is just more so to start looking yeah. at myself going, okay, God, where am I proud yeah. in an ungodly way? Where do I need to repent? Would you please keep me humble? And then like verse 19 says, a word for all of us is to walk with humility. It says, better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share the plunder with the proud. Yeah. So I don't want to be part of 
the worldly ideologies right now that are pushing stuff on people, whether it's during Pride Month or another month of the year. I'm saying I'd rather be unpopular. I'd rather be oppressed by the government and the public schools and the local businesses that are pushing whatever and and mm-hmm. just say, all right, God, I'm going to walk the way of Jesus and stay humble and trust that God, you're going to have your way with me and with us. That's a good word. That's really good. The next, I mean, it just continues. So the next kind of chunk we'll talk through is verses 20 through 24. And they talk about your kind of instruction and understanding about your lips. Um, Clark, do you want to, do you want to read all those or you just want to walk through it together? Um, yeah, I'll read it real quick. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. The wise in heart are called discerning and gracious words promote instruction. Prudence is a fountain of life to the prudent, but folly brings punishment to fools. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I like this, that this is coming right after kind of the section that we read about pride and kind of what not to do to walk in humility, because so much I think of what puffs us up with pride is when when we're not listening well, when we're not walking in humility, for sure, when we're not submitting ourselves to the Lord, definitely. But then also when we just know everything well enough that we don't need to listen to anybody else. And Hmm. so I like this because verse 22 is using this word prudence. Prudence is a fountain of the life to the prudent. And so really what's it's being said there is as the word understanding. Prudence or understanding is a fountain of life. Content, saturated, and entertained. So what we're saying is that when you're actually going to like <laughs> encounter maybe in, you're in conflict or you're in an argument or, or however your day is going to unfold, if you're someone that comes walking in humility saying, I'm, I'm listening, because here's a great distinction, folks, you're you're in a conversation and sometimes you're sitting there just waiting to talk when the other person's done. That's not listening. That's not gaining under, that's not prudent. Mm-hmm. That's not gaining understanding. So if we're actually going to come with a soft heart and, and repented of our own ways that we've missed it, then when other folks are listening, then we're, we're sorry, when other folks are talking, then we're listening. We're seeking understanding. We're trying to, we're trying to understand where they're coming from or kind of their story. And I like this because it kind of just speaks to the the heart of it also. The heart of the wise make their mouth mouths prudent, but their lips promote and their lips promote instruction. Excuse me. Again, so so much of these proverbs and these instructions come back, sorry, so many of these proverbs and what they're saying kind of instruct us on what to do about listening and living, um, about fearing the Lord. And it comes back to so many times that it's an issue of the heart that it's our hearts and what's going on there that comes out of our mouth and our Hmm. lips. And so if if our hearts are humble, if our hearts are submitted to the Lord, if our hearts are seeking prudence and understanding, then with our lips, then we're actually going to be able to to speak instruction. We're going to be able to speak things that are are loving, that are sweet, that are good to hear, um, that are not foolish and folly ways. Yeah. As the proverb wraps up here, I'm just looking ahead to verse 25 now it really points back to where we began. In verse 25, it says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And again, sometimes people try to justify their life and say, hey, look, my motives are pure. Hmm. But at the end of the day, whether we uh, sin knowingly or unknowingly, or we live righteously, like the word of God and, and the empowerment of the spirit has to be 
our standard and our guide. This is not something that I can just conjure up and create myself. If I call myself a Christian, then I am submitting to the scriptures and saying, okay, God, in the Old Testament, it uses this word plumb line. And that's what architects would use and hang something down to make sure something was straight. Um, Mm -hmm. God, you're the only one who can point me in the straight and narrow path. Um, I need your help. Yeah. Right. And so at verse 27, when I do things on my own, I get burned. And it says, verse 27, a scoundrel plots evil and on their lips, it's like a scorching fire. And when the Proverbs talk about fire, oftentimes it talks about uncontrolled passion. It talks about burning. In other podcasts, we've talked about coals that have landed on your lap. And so uncontrolled passion burns is devastating. Once the mm. fire is released, it's hard to control and it becomes destructive. It's going to hurt others if it can't be kept to oneself. And so even the Song of Solomon uses that a lot to talk about untamed passion. And it's kind of like that erotic love, talking about a man and a woman loving right. each other. He's saying, don't let yeah. the fire out because once <laughs> it goes, it's, it's it's burning like a rampage. And so we got to keep that controlled and say, all right, Lord, have your way with me and I'm going to live my life according to your word. Um and lastly, the last couple of verses here, verses 31, 32, and 33, what this is saying is it's talking about holiness and growing old and, and righteousness. It, age does not necessarily bring about holiness. Oh, no. I forgot to... <laughs> Wrap it up, Corver. Wrap it up. Hey, computers, tell me, be done. <laughs> um, age does not necessarily bring about holiness or righteousness. It might bring about self-control. We might become old enough where we know, hey, I just shouldn't talk right now. But the way of righteousness brings about holiness, and that comes from spending time with God. And so um, maybe we've, we've thought we've become more holy, and maybe we've actually become more um, self-controlled, maybe even weary. Like, I'm too tired to talk right now. I'm just not going to say anything. Sure. Instead of allowing the Lord to show us, hey, here are the markers, Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. You know, have you become more patient? Have you become more kind? Have you become more loving? These kind of things. Mm. And so when it talks about how gray hair is a crown of splendor, it's attained the way of righteousness. Better a patient person than a warrior. Self-control, one who takes a city. It's saying, okay, Lord, I need to be living my life connected to you and trusting you that you will, again, refine in me and make me the man or woman that you created me to be. And so... Amen. Proverbs 16, ladies and gents. Good stuff. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll be back tomorrow with Proverbs 17. The Lord bless you and keep you. He'll make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.